8.38, it's the morning flavor on Metro. We hope you're good wherever you are in the land and that you are adjusting well to a new month, being the month of October. This is Fagalo Ice Angazi. Let's get into it. It is another session of personal mastery. We are joined by Tepiso Matenji, Dr. Tepiso Matenji to you and I. She's a psychologist, life coach and personal change catalyst. Doc, good morning. Good morning, family. How are you guys? We are very well and how are you? Uh, and together, it's a beautiful weather outside. Did you see? Mm. Yes, I did. I stepped out a few uh, minutes ago, but also I've also been looking through the window, Doc, and it's um, it's quite a, it's encouraging. I call this weather rather encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> why? This Don't weather why. is perfect for runners. So my fellow runners know that this is beautiful weather for them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, Doc. It's a difficult one this morning. We're talking about the loss of a woman's pregnancy here. I mean, obviously, medically, it happens at a certain point, um, and it is both physically and emotionally very, very difficult to deal with. And in the setting of a couple, whether you're married or whether you're dating or whatever the situation is, I mean, we know how a miscarriage can often cause massive strain on the relationship because of a number of factors, whether it's blame, whether it's, um, you know, trying to find out where the fault was, pointing fingers, etc. How do we manage and navigate through this difficulty as a couple once we've experienced it? Look, um, the fact that you've lost uh, a child um, together is very traumatic. And we don't want to minimize the fact that both of you have suffered your loss. But I think a lot of women struggle with the fact that even though there's knowledge in the brain uh, cognitively that they have lost somebody physically and health-wise, the body still trying to acclimatize to the fact that You've carried a person in your body and there's physiological changes that you've gone through to in preparation for that life coming into being. And then when you've lost a child because of a miscarriage, your body is still trying to go through the process of recovery uh, while still feeling like um, there's an expectation that there will be a child. So hormones are different. Uh, your body is looking different. And you might not even be able to um, get ready physically, even if you're mental, you know that um, you are you are. You are you've lost a child, you don't have, you're not going to deliver one. So it's important as couples to be aware that the process that a woman goes through is very, very traumatic, not just emotionally, like we talk about grief, you know, losing a loved one, but also physically and health-wise, that that is going to take some time for them to be able to to, to, to grieve and actually get used to the fact that they lost the child, if ever they should ever get used to it. So there are certain things that we know you need to avoid, like the, the words that, ah, we'll make another one, at least we'll get the others, or to try and minimize mm. the pain actually doesn't work. We also need to understand that there will be certain issues that have to do with the jealousy of seeing mm. other people deliver their baby into being when you know that um, you, you've lost your so. Couples get triggered by seeing other people with babies and then being able to say, I would, my child would have been that age if I had delivered. Uh, if, if, if we were together, that's what we could have done. So those problems, mm-hmm. um, issues are real. And then, of course, it's the, the challenges that goes with whatever might have been existing in, uh, in the relationship that might have been challenges that you as a couple were going through. Maybe you were already alienated as a couple during the pregnancy or you were going through marital strife or couple strife for that matter. So all of those things will amplify things. So we understand that context. And I think what we want to focus on today is the coping strategies of how to deal with the grief as a couple so that you don't, it doesn't allow 
yeah, he doesn't put the words between the two. They're allowed to go through the training process as a unit and actually increases your chances of getting stronger through this crisis so that you can pull through and continue your life as a couple. And, Doc, I mean, trying for another baby after your miscarriage can also be just quite an emotionally testing thing. Um, I know people who have literally, you know, kept their pregnancies a secret because they're so scared of other people knowing just in case it happens again. How do we help women sort of or couples get over that we'd rather not try because it might happen or now that we've tried and it's happened, we don't know how to deal with it? Look, even if I know couples who, even if they get pregnant afterwards, the, the, the loss is still palpable, it's still real. Mm-hmm. So it is important as a couple that you each talk about your feelings, talk about what you're going through. And I want to emphasize the fact that just because we are talking about it, our personality differences as a couple are going to come in. And one of the ways that you need to understand it is that just getting pregnant and thinking that having another child or the fact that you've got other kids in the family, you're not necessarily going to take away that, that you are grieving. So understand what your personality profile is like. Uh, and don't let that necessarily be the, the trapsy in terms of this is the way that I need to grieve because of what my personality profile is. But understand how it actually creates a default position for you. One way of understanding who you are as a, as a couple is we talk about people being introverts and extroverts. For example, you'll find that as an, as an introvert person, you need to pull away. You want to be able to draw the energy from within. You want to isolate. You want to be able to process what you're going through, to process your grief, and then focus on yourself. People asking you questions, asking you, can't also, also baby, what is happening? Those types of things mm-hmm. you might find them as intrusive to you, and you might want to self-isolate and deal with your problems. But the challenge for you as an introvert is that you might be pushing away your partner. You might also be making it hard for them to be there to support you. You might also be making it hard for them to tell you that they are struggling just as you are, and it might look like your pain is much more amplified and theirs is minimal and that you are not doing this with this so thing away. So be mindful of that and don't let the trap you and allow yourself to appreciate the fact that you are different but also allow your partner let them in so that they can be able to engage with you. Now, as an extrovert, you might find that you deal with the grief by going out a lot, socializing with people. And that might create a lot of guilt, even for your partner to say, you don't look like you are suffering. You look like well, now you are fine because you're busy uh, going on with life as usual or you're already planning for another baby. Then you are dealing with the pain. It's just that for you, you draw energy from social interaction and engaging with other people. And your partner might feel like you, you are not experiencing the pain as intensely there and you're minimizing and you're trying to rush or fake the fact that you are okay. It's important that you have those conversations, appreciate your distance. Then the next thing is, as a couple, you need to do certain things that don't just bond you in terms of the grief, but also allow you to grieve together. And we always try and talk to people about, maybe you might have already started putting together a journal of your pregnancy, you might have been buying clothes, you might have put together a nursery. So have some kind of a grieving ritual. You know, the fact you're when a baby, when you're having a miscarriage, there isn't even a proper funeral for a lot of couples. That is very Mm. traumatic for them. So it is okay as a couple for you to do certain things that allow you to have some kind of closure to mourn the loss of the baby and to be able to recognize it as significant and then to celebrate it as well. But, you know, you are blessed with it. It doesn't mean you are, you are cursed for the rest of your life and you're not going to have any more kids. Mm. Doc, there seems to be a, a natural expectation, say, in the context of a heterosexual <laughs> couple, 
where yes the woman is the carrier and she she literally bears it all the pain the emotional aspects of it the physical as well but yes we are both pregnant now for the man i mean what what is my role in all of this yes we are both grieving but there seems to be an expectation here that we need the the male partner almost needs to do more um to help um his partner in in getting over or moving on from this dreadful situation um is there such a thing how do we manage that it is um and 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 i think for you as a, as a, as a man to actually not allow your partner to push you away even if they need the space to be able to deal with their pain or they are withdrawing or recoiling or retracting from you when you try to initiate physical contact. So for a lot of men, they experience a lot of rejection and a, 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 a lot of minimizing the feelings and the pain that they are going through because it is always made it seem like it is a woman only who suffered the loss. So it is important for you to do certain things that allow you to make you feel like you're okay. Like I said about yeah. uh, having some kind of a grieving ritual, whether for you it's about writing a letter to the child. It might be the songs that you used to play when you were expecting the child, uh, the types of clothes that you were buying, being able to pack them away and getting yourself to that moment of connecting with your pain sure. at a physical level. But then for your partner as well, it is important to know that there are simple gestures that you can do to be able to connect, to be with them, uh, whether it's about making them tea, about being there present, and listening when they want to be able to talk. And then also for you protecting yourself as a man to not blame yourself. No matter what was happening in the relationship, it is never anybody's fault for them to have a miscarriage. Even if there have been health issues or stress issues in the relationship, it's important that you use the time to work at forgiving yourself for whatever it is that has happened that you might have said could have been a precursor to amplifying the stress that might have led to the miscarriage or you think might have contributed. It's important to deal with those types of underlying feelings that might make you feel blame and feel that you want to pull away and deal with your own pain alone. It is important that you do that because if you mm. do not, you actually find that you struggle to move on and you even have the possibility of continuing with the rest of your life or starting your family mm. again. Mm. Dr. Tabiso Matenji joins us on the line. We are looking at the realities of having to deal with a miscarriage as a couple. I mean, how do you move on from that? How do you reconcile with that sort of reality? And what sort of experiences can you share with us um, in this moment? You can tweet us, hashtag the morning flavor, or give us a call 89 it is 8.50. The Morning Flavor on Metro has personal mastery in session with Dr. Tepiso Matenji. And today we're looking at uh, miscarriage and within the context of a couple, how do we work through it? It's a lot of work, as you've heard from the doc in the last 10 minutes, as she's been uh, spelling out just some of the realities and ways in which to cope. But ultimately, for as long as you're alive, you've got you to gotta work through it. You've got to manage the situation. You've got to be able to cope. Now, Doc, um, let's talk about um, those ways in which we can cope with this reality um, as we get into the second part of our conversation. What is key in this moment? What is key? Communication. Let's talk. Whether today you're feeling down and you want to have Maguena to make yourself feel better or you just want to sit at home and watch TV or you just want to sit in bed and cry. It is important that you communicate your needs and what you're going through to your partner. It is also important, secondly, that you understand that it's okay to accept help 
from the people that you trust and from family members. I know uh, some of the couples where you find that the, 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 just the idea of having to announce it to everybody at work and in the family is daunting for them because there is another level of dealing with the trauma. So have a conversation with a trusted family member or colleague about how you can actually just get that communication out and actually be some kind of a buffer for you so that you don't have to keep answering questions. But whether you like it or not, there will be an opportunity, there will be incidents where people want to ask you kind of what happened even though stupid people can see that you've lost the baby, but they will want to ask and you might feel like, I don't want to deal with them. And that is okay for you to feel that way, that I don't want to deal with people asking me stupid questions and I don't want to deal with the reality and being reminded time and again. That will happen and it's okay for you to say, I'm not coping, I can't deal with it. And to take time off work. Thirdly, when you can see that you are struggling to cope, stop trying to fast forward. Grief is one of those things that is natural. It's part of life. It's part of the cycle of life. So rather go and seek for a counselor. Go and speak to your pastor. Go and speak to people that you know are elders that have gone through this. Your relationship coaches, uh, you might have elders in the family who are your, 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 your couple's uh, coaches. And they can give you guidance on how to do it. But ignoring it is not an option. Using alcohol, using drugs, and just using that to, to numb yourself is not going to be the solution because then you're not going to develop the skills to be able to bounce back. So yeah. um, the first thing is, as a couple, it's important for you to continue doing the small things that bind you together. Whether it is having the bath together, having the drinks together, just sitting together, whatever it is that is still enjoyable, that makes you feel like you are there together, it's us against the world, we can do this together. And then when you recognize that it's beginning to both understand that it's going to be two steps forward, two steps back. That is part of the process. There will be anger, there's different emotions. Look at the different mm-hmm. emotional grieving stages and understand that it's not just a linear process. It's an unfold, an evolving and an unfolding process that all of us, based on our personality process and our histories, are going to grieve differently. But you don't have to go with it alone. Mm. Doc, it's such a, a difficult one. And um, again, there's the the blame situation sometimes it's not just your partner blaming you but maybe it's his family saying this that or the other there's so much involved and uh, we appreciate this conversation with you because yes um, it is a very very difficult one to have to manage but thank you for your time if anybody would like to reach out to you beyond this conversation whether it's about today's topic or anything else doc where do we find you um, I'm very bad with social media, but people can find me on Twitter at Tina Tank. You can also send me an email, admin at matinity.com. I think I'm more reliable email in terms of my office responding. And then people can also give us a call. Our office line is 011-675-0980. I repeat, 011-675-0980. Terry will take the call. Be patient. If she's in a busy, she's not going to be able to respond to you. But I appreciate all of the listening. And for anybody who's struggling with a miscarriage, it's going to be okay. You are not alone. Go and find help. Talk to somebody. Don't do this on your own. Absolutely, Doc. Thank you so much. Eloquent as always and thorough indeed. Thank you for your time and all the best. Dr. Tepisoma Denji, life coach, psychologist, personal change catalyst. You can reach her on 011-675-0980 for this and whatever other matters you'd like to share with her. Wow, what a decent Monday. Not too shabby at all. Uh, Fresh from a couple of days off. It feels good to be back on air. So tomorrow we will continue once again on Tuesday. Pearl Shongwe, are you on uh, Daily Teta today?
Yes, I am on Daily Theta today at half past 10 on SABC1. And today we're basically looking at uh, tender processes, right? We're seeing all these uh, arrests happening currently and uh, a lot is happening within that space, so many investigations. So we really want to see, you know, what are some of the loopholes that exist within the current system? What can be done better? What cannot be done better? And uh, how do we continue to emancipate black Africans uh, within the tender system, but maintaining law and order? Absolutely. Mm. And I always say it's okay to make an honest living. And I'm not saying that people who make money from tenders are not making an honest living, but it's okay to make an honest living. I'll leave it right there. Have yourself a wonderful <laughs> Monday. From us, it's a good morning. It's a, it's good, a good day, day and, and good, good vibes. vibes.